We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 8th day of March, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Can you believe, Bruce, that it's the 8th of March already? We're, we're already into the third month of the new year, and it's it's just flying by. It's flying by. We're, we're literally headed into, into Q2, which this is getting to be crunch time. Uh, I, I'm healthy and alive to start off. Slightly tired, but you know that's that's a, another another thing. But the fact that we're this far in already, it does not feel like time has just flown by. Uh, first of all, we're already missing two years because of COVID. I'm still stuck before COVID. You know, sometimes I catch myself saying, you know, 2020 or 2019, and it's 2022. But COVID during that time period, it seemed like it flew by, and we absolutely lost those two years. But yeah, yeah. Wait until we get to 2030. That's when the real fun starts. Yeah, that that's um. Well, the I I think leading up to it is going to be fun, and then once oh, yeah. we get to twenty thirty, things oh, yeah. are going to really ramp up if uh, we don't get things under control. Yeah, yeah, we got to um. We're we're gonna have to um. We're gonna have to stop this uh it dead cold in its tracks at some point because you know I I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today and I said you know what I said this cannot be allowed to continue. It just can't be allowed to continue. You still got, and this this is key. This is key. A lot of people are losing sight of what's actually going on because the media has everybody focused on Ukraine. Everybody's focused on that. The same people that followed the COVID restrictions, the social distancing, the masking, the double, triple, quadruple vaxxed and vaccine passports and everything else, the same fools have fallen for Ukraine. It's a perfect cover for them. It's a blanket for them to cover everything else up. We've got the Pfizer data that's out. We've got the COVID restrictions that are being relaxed. Don't think they're going away. They'll come back. We got a midterm coming up in America. You better believe they're coming back. Got to vote from home, right? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I think they're going to uh, pull back. They're going to draw back like they are uh, for the midterms. But then as... Either right before midterms or right after midterms, they're going to they're just going to push it up to 11. Uh huh. Uh huh. And of course, you've got the other things that are going on. You've got the capital markets. They can't hide anymore. The inflation, they can't hide anymore. And so I said this morning, I said, now's the time when they blame Russia for absolutely everything. They're going to blame them for everything. The World Bank head is out today saying, oh, it's it's uh, the Russian and Ukraine war that's creating uh, the huge supply chain shock. Uh, no, you're the dumbasses that have created that supply chain shock by wrecking our economies with COVID. And quite frankly, you looted the economies before, but you pulled COVID to cover the fact that you looted the economies before. So you needed a cover to cover yourself for the crimes you committed against our populations because you stole all of our money. Now you're going to steal everybody's assets, so you need a cover for that. You tried to kill us, 
and we didn't fall for it, at least a goodly percentage of us didn't, we're starting to see through that, at least most of us, the ones that matter, are starting to see through it. That didn't work. Now you need a cover for that. You can't cover up your bad practices any longer. In the past, you were able to do this. Banking establishments throughout the decades have been able to hide their tracks. They've always done it under the cover of depressions, hyperinflation, and war. Always. It's always been that way. They tried to do it this time with the simple COVID thing. And the whole thing about COVID was supposed to be, oh, see, it's, a, it's those damn anti-vaxxers. It's, it's because those people didn't do what they were supposed to do. It was supposed to be that dialectic. You turn against the anti-vaxxers and, and everybody gets taken away like they did to, uh, to the people during the Holocaust. That's what it was supposed to be like. That didn't happen. You started to see a movement build across Europe, a populist movement that's building across Australia, across New Zealand, across Canada, the United States. England. You started to see the movements of vaxxed and unvaxxed coming together to fight back against the establishment. People are walking the streets still with Klaus Schwab on placards. People know. People know what these people have done. It's not the Russians that have broken your economies. It's not the Ukrainians that have broken your economies. The Ukrainians got in bed with some really bad people, namely George Soros and company. And now they're seeing the... um, how do I put it? They're seeing the um, the consequences of doing a deal with the devil, if you will. They leave you hanging out to dry every time. They don't disappoint when it comes to that. The Chinese are going to figure that out sooner or later. But with the free flow of information the way that it is, they haven't been able to hide their guilt anymore like they've done in the past. We know about the banking establishment. As a matter of fact, we have more access to information now than previous generations. I was asking Bruce last week, I said, if people had access to this kind of information prior to the Great Depression in America, do you still think we would have the central banking establishment as we know it today? And I would argue the answer is no, because people were, on average back then, people were a whole hell of a lot smarter back then than they are today. I once heard the argument from a, uh, a retired teacher that taught back in, you know, a guy fought in the Second World War, came out, became a teacher, raised a family and all the rest of it in that, in that, uh, that, that new era there. And he watched education decline in America. He, he watched people become more stupid. And up until a few years ago, he, he still said to me, he said, a high school graduate of the 1940s possessed more knowledge than a college graduate of today. And I agree with that. I agree with that. As a matter of fact, I saw, I've seen several surveys. I've, I've seen more than one of these. But some of the surveys I've seen before, uh, I want to I say it was Rasmussen that did this, you know, Rasmussen, the Poland company. I want to say it took him like three years to do this. I could be wrong on the company, but I, I'm just I'm almost positive it was that one. They did 48 states, you know, just the lower 48. They excluded Alaska and Hawaii. They did 48 states. They surveyed 250,000 four-year college graduates. So you have a bachelor's degree in something, whatever that is. Four-year college degree in America. 48 states, three years, 250,000 graduates. Almost 90% of them, it was like 80, the high, mid to high 80s, almost 90% of them couldn't read, write, or comprehend above a seventh grade level. And these are the people that are enlightened? These are the ones that are, that, that are going to lead the future? I don't think so. I don't think so. So when the World Bank head comes out and says, uh, the Ukraine-Russia war is creating a huge supply shock, the people that you've dumbed down through these institutions that you've bought off, of course, those people are going to believe it. They'll believe anything. They're the same ones that are double, triple and and quadruple jabbed and boosted and and God knows what and carrying vaccine passports. But the real people that matter here, the percentage of people that you can't brainwash, 
we're not taking digital IDs. The people that you still see out there in the streets across Germany and France and Italy and the Netherlands that are still protesting COVID, they're still protesting what you people have done during COVID. People are dead. I know people that are not here anymore because of what you people have done. You're going to pay for that. You're not going to skate on this one. Those people that are out there in the streets, vaxxed and unvaxxed and, and everything else, they're, they're not, whether it's for COVID or, or something else that you cook up in one of these, these labs, we're not taking digital IDs. We're not doing it. I don't care if it's, if it's COVID or if it's some ESG garbage, we're not taking digital IDs, period, end of story. That's not debatable. We're not taking them. You see, it's more than, than just a simple COVID passport. That was meant to get you in the door to a digital ID, and then it was going to change into something else. Oh, well, see, you've already got this for, for this, for access to all these, these uh, products and services. Well, since you have that already, then we're just going to add banking. We're going to add all kinds of travel. We're going to add the, uh, the, the services that you get at, at certain places, certain venues, because it was going to be for your convenience. That plan's coming apart. People, as I said, were starting to see through that. So right on time, you get a war with Russia. I'm not convinced that Putin is rogue. I'm not convinced of that at all. The timing just seems a little bit too convenient. And you've got all the usual suspects. Everything about this whole Russia-Ukraine thing just stinks to high heaven. All of it just stinks. You got Alexander Soros, George Soros, who, by the way, George Soros, he was the one funding those laboratories, a lot of them in the, in the Ukraine. You've got Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, all the usual mainstream media outlets, the, uh, the, the left-wing pundits, the celebrities, everybody's piling on. Everybody's piling on. Oh, Zelensky's a he's a legend. Oh, he's a god. He's uh, Sean Penn. Yeah, Sean Penn's over there. Oh, he's, he was Sean Penn was almost in tears when he was talking about how how brave Zelensky is. And as if it couldn't get any worse today, today, praising Zelensky, talking about how wonderful he was, and he was a strong leader to take Ukraine into a into a positive direction. He was going to be the great, the great victor and blah, 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 right? The usual talking points. Mahmoud Ahmadinejad from Iran, the former president of Iran. Are you kidding me? If you can't see through it up to this point, that one right there ought to do it in and of itself. Hard left winger, Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, he's now supporting what's going on in there. As a matter of fact, there's reports today that uh, that Israeli special, special forces retired are now in there fighting on the side of Ukraine. That's just reported. But there's so much propaganda being thrown around on both sides. God only knows. Bruce and I were going through a lot of stuff on the, uh, you know, on the Russian side of things and a lot of stuff on the U.S. side of things. And my God, there, there's so much crap being tossed around back, back and forth. It's, it's so difficult to try and sift through all of it. It's difficult to get information out of Russia. It's difficult to get any kind of accurate information out of, uh, out of us, uh, out of our sides. As a matter of fact, CNN, they were telling people openly to geolocate or geotag or whatever the hell it's called, ge geolocate their, uh, their, their photos and videos so they could verify them, so they could play them on their network and show people what was going on. So the people were doing that. The, the people on the ground, they were doing that. And then the Russians would bomb them. When you geotag something or geolocate something on a photo or video, everybody can see it. Everybody sees that. So there's just a bunch of stupidity that's going on. It's, it's this ridiculous tit for tat and Russia's the problem. And, you know, Zelensky's a hero. If you're not on the side of Zelensky, then you're on the side of Putin. And, and it's, a, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. How, how can you be so shallow when it comes to that? It's the dialectic they need you in. They need you to choose a side. 
And it has to be a side that's not against the establishment. You have to be on board with whatever side they tell you. You see, when you form up in a grassroots movement like the Europeans and the Australians, the New Zealanders and, and, and all the Western countries are doing, when you form up in a, in a grassroots movement and you identify what the target is, which is the corrupt governments, the NGOs, the World Bank, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations and NATO, that is your problem, along with the big pharma companies. Don't let me forget them. And on the outside of that sphere, you have communist China. The Russians, possibly, I don't know where they fit in in all this, to be honest with you. I don't have a clue. I haven't figured that out yet. I know that Russia's got a lot of natural resources that they want to sell to the world. They got a deal to make. Okay, fine. We'll talk about that. I don't really know. Nearest I can tell, Russia has the economy the size of Italy. I don't see the uh, the, the, the Western uh, uh, power brokers, if you will, or the, uh, the financial heads. They didn't go over there and get in bed with the Russians. They went over and got in bed with the communist Chinese. They didn't build Russia up. Now, if they did and I'm mistaken, so be it. I'll own up to my mistake. Don't get me wrong. I think Russia is a problem. I don't endorse what Putin has done. I think it's reckless. I think it's foolish. It's unnecessary. And you don't invade another sovereign nation like that. You just don't do it. Now, if there's a radical element in there that he wants to deal with, then that's something that needs to be dealt with unilaterally, not independently like he's done. But uh, I've, I've been on my soapbox here for, uh, long enough, I guess, uh, uh, to start with. But we've got a lot to discuss today. I guess you can call that an opening. You got any comments on any of that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the Zelensky bit, I actually thought he was uh, uh, in the beginning. I was thinking, OK, okay maybe he's like uh, Ukraine's Trump. He's a comedian. He's an actor. I kind of thought maybe maybe, you know, he's uh uh, there to upset things. And he did get rid of some corruption. Uh, but in the end, um, that could have easily had just been for show. I'm not sure being as he's looking at, you know, to Trudeau and saying he, he's a role model and, and yeah, that's, that's world economic form that, that, that's, um, so I don't trust him anymore either. And then uh, one of the oligarchs runs the Azov Battalion, which is a neo-Nazi group. Oh, um, so either, yeah, either you you run uh, or you're with uh, the the Nazis or you're with the communists. That's basically the Soviet communists. Th that's basically the ultimatum that the media is giving us. And speaking of media, you brought up the CNN bit. Were they supporting Putin? I, I, I legitimately think there should be some investigations there. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe investigate that you, you guys got people killed because of it. So were you were you assisting Putin in that? Were you assisting uh, an actual enemy uh, and getting people killed? Uh, by, you know, in, encouraging geolocation. So, yeah, that that definitely, I think, would warrant an investigation. Uh, but, you know, nothing like that will happen. That was just a whoops on our part. We didn't think about that. Uh-huh. I'm sure. And then they had the audacity to say, uh, so-and-so has lost their lives in uh, in in Ukraine and so-and-so's, they're not with us anymore. And, you know, we appreciate all the stellar report. I think they just did it for ratings, to be honest with you. Uh, that, the, honestly, I, I don't know why... <laughs> Maybe they're on board with the World Economic Forum, and oh, uh, Zakaria. He's a well, yeah. I, I I know they are, but what I'm saying is, is maybe maybe Zelensky really isn't on board with the World Economic Forum, but he looks up to Trudeau, and this is them trying to snuff out Ukraine to no, make no. Russia happy. Z I don't know. I, there's so many different things that it just. There's so many different angles. This is so deep, like the the web and the the. This is so. It's just. I don't even know where to go with it is what it boils down to, because there's so many different ways it could go. It's so deep, so uh, complicated. 
the, the, the web that they created. We thought we had a fairly decent handle on it. And then you pointed me to, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the World Economic Forum's other program they were doing. World oh, Shapers, Shapers, I believe. Yeah, the Shapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, somebody yeah, yeah. else was talking about that today to me. Yeah, the Shapers, yeah. Global Shapers. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I looked at that list and, you know, I've been passively working on the list for the uh, uh, Young Global Leaders, but the Shapers is, uh, that that's uh, like five, six times the size. And it, it's just... One of the the one is one thousand the um, young global leaders. There's like a thousand and some, and then well, I guess it's ten times because they have ten thousand. So anyway, in, in mm-hmm. the shapers, but um, yeah. Well, there's your answer. There's uh, there's Zelensky right there on the World Economic Forum's page. That's uh, that's clearly him. Unfortunate. So basically, the election was rigged. Is what it boils down to. I'm curious. Some of these big talking heads. Uh, that are that are right leaning that supposedly know about these organizations. Did they take the time to point these out to narrow these down? Did they? I mean, uh, one of them that I haven't heard any talk about yet is uh, Tulsi Gabbard is on that list, and the right is currently praising her. She was at CPAC. She was she was at the Reagan dinner. She was at the very like this is like the the key speaker, if you will, and, and she was there speaking and. She is not only a Democrat, but she's also more of a socialist. The key difference that, at least in her rhetoric, the forward-facing rhetoric, is that uh, she doesn't hate America, but she wants to completely change it. So I guess it's okay because she's pro-America. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh-huh. I, I have some... This is breaking. I have some bad news. Justin Trudeau, the uh, Canadian prime minister, you know, the guy that stands against uh, authoritarianism and, and stands for democracy, that one. He's visiting the UK at the moment. Uh, and then, of course, he's going to be coming over uh, here to meet with the uh, the German chancellor here in the next few days. But unfortunately, and I, I know, Bruce, this is probably going to uh, this is probably going to upset you a little bit because I know how much of a fan you are of Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. His I guess his uh, his convoy, whatever it is, they ride his procession or whatever it is that they they ride in, you know, all the different you know cars and everything uh, that sure. Uh, along with his entourage. Apparently, they're having some trouble getting into uh, number 10 Downing Street to meet with Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, because there's so many protesters standing in front of number 10 that they can't get the procession through. Isn't that just a shame? Hmm, Well, he's such a popular guy. He's such a popular guy. So many people want to see him and and get photos with him. Yeah, that's that's totally, totally it. They just want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clearly, that's that's what it is. Clearly. Anyway. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, I'll just because um, we mentioned uh-huh. it, Russia's uh, GDP. Uh-huh. Uh, you you kind of mentioned it; it's on par with Brazil. Brazil, okay, all right. Well, Brazil's yeah. a little larger than Italy, I think. I, I think. Uh, actually, Italy is. If you're doing it by ranking, uh, America's top of the board: China, Japan, Germany, UK, India, France. Italy is eighth, and then you've got Canada, it's South Korea, Russia, now. and Brazil. Wow. Yeah. So Russia and Brazil are. Uh, the estimate is 1.6. I don't know if it's, I don't know what measurement they're doing, if this is million or billion, but. Uh, I would assume it's billion. Economies, GDPs operate in billions. Oh, that's the, that's the IMF. Oh, uh, God. 1.6 is the, 1.6 million is the IMF. 
Brazil okay. is also they're they're like two thousand apart, Russia and Brazil. I, see. I got you. Okay. Well, because uh, Russia has uh, invaded Ukraine, uh, well, your gasoline prices are are going to go through the roof now, as if you hadn't seen that already. Some people are telling me that they're spending hundreds of dollars now to uh, fill up their cars and trucks. Uh, Europeans, on average. Here, it's about $8 a gallon, and that's not even hyperbole. That's not a joke. That is exactly what it is uh, where I'm at. I drove past two stations today. One was $8 a gallon. The other one was $7.95 a gallon. Uh, needless to say, I didn't stop uh, because this is only going to go higher. Uh, so I'm going to have to start getting creative, shall we say. But uh, what's part of Agenda 2030? What's part of the Great Reset? There will be no ownership of private transport. You're not going to have a car. And if you do have a car, it's going to be for the privileged few people that have the good social scores, that do what they're told, and you're going to have an electric piece of garbage. That's what they're going to give you. It's going to be something that's broken down. It doesn't work. When I say broken down, I mean it's not going to have a charge in it. It's not going to have a charge in it because we're turning off all of our coal fire plants. We're turning off all of our, our natural gas burners. We're shutting off petroleum products when we don't have a suitable replacement. Don't give me this wind and solar garbage. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. You can sell it to some dumbass from one of your crackpot universities. Not me. You're not going to sell it to me. You're not going to sell it to Bruce, who lives in an oil town. It'd be one thing. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm for moving away from petrochemicals. I am. But this is not the way to do it. You don't cut things like this off when you don't have something as good or better to replace it with. You just don't. Elon Musk, of all people, who we disagree with politically, quite adamantly, I might add, he is even saying you must start domestic exploration and production immediately. Immediately. The Europeans, you must turn on your nuclear facilities. You must fire them up immediately because you don't have adequate replacements. Wind and solar do not work as energy alternative replacements for the masses. They just don't. On an individual level, they do. They do work. I believe that they do work. I have solar panels on my roof. They're amazing. They work. I know people that have wind generators on their private properties off the grid with solar panels. They work. But trying to power a metropolitan area or a small town? It's insane. It's insane. How are you going to plow the fields? We actually did the uh, we actually did the math on this once to take a combine harvester. You know, one of those big things that that does all the harvesting. You know, that kind of thing. The things you see out in the uh, out in the Great Plains of America that that do the big thousand acre farm fields. Those. How big of a solar panel? Let's say you get rid of uh, we're getting rid of diesel fuel, right? Right. We're getting rid of petrochemical. So there's no agricultural diesel. You can forget that. What are you going to do? You going to put a solar panel on it? Okay. Let's put a solar panel on it. How big does that solar panel have to be? For one combine harvester, it has to be, what was it like? I, I want to say it, it's been a while since we did this. It was like 850 feet by 850 feet to get it to work. I'm wanting to, yeah, I'm wanting to say it was like two, two and a half football fields, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, about that, yeah. That's insane. Th these people are nuts. They, they've lost their damn minds. You know, I, I said, I, I remember saying, I want to say it was like 12 years ago. I remember telling people, I said, listen to me very carefully. This is after the 2008 crash. Well, what was supposed to be the crash. But because we didn't have that crash, we're here now. I said, listen to me very carefully. I said, if people don't go in and stop these people, and I mean now, 
I mean now, and I said this 12 years ago, I said, if you don't go into these places, into these government institutions and stop these people now, they're going to lead you to ruin. I was a crazy man. I was a crackpot. I was a tinfoil hat wearer. I was a lunatic. I was a fear monger. I was a pessimist porn dealer. Someone even called me that once. And I had no idea what I was talking about. Dr. Michael Yaden, the vice president, former vice president of Pfizer, said on a podcast with Dr. Fulmish, he said, if you're one step ahead of things, you're a genius. If you're two steps ahead of things, you're a crazy person. I guess I was a crazy person because they're leading us down the road to ruin, aren't they? I think that's pretty clear. Oil traders are saying that oil will be $200 a barrel this month. Think about that. Oil just crossed $130 a barrel yesterday, and you got $8 a gallon across continental Europe. I think your averaging was at $4 in America now per gallon. Bruce, you said it was uh, $320 where you're at, and you're in an oil town. $360. $360. And, um, yeah, and some of the places in, uh, I, I looked at California, which California is already high anyway. It's going up as high as uh, $8 a, uh, a gallon. Yeah, same as here. Same as here. And, you know, I had somebody tell me today from the States because they were talking about the high prices and they were paying like, I, I want to say it was like 360, 364, 365, whatever it was uh, back in Ohio. And I said, well, you guys are amateurs. I said, it's 850 a gallon here in some places, you know, in, in some of the more expensive places. I said, it's 850 a gallon. You guys are amateurs. And the first response I got was 850. If it goes 850 here, people will revolt. And I just, I, I sat there for a second and my response to him was, I said, no, they won't. And he said, oh, yes, they will. I said, no, they won't. I said, you put up with COVID. People did nothing during COVID. People are still doing nothing. What makes you think people are going to revolt over eight fifty a gallon in America? It's not going to happen. At least I don't think so. Am I wrong? Bruce, do you think the American people will revolt at eight fifty a gallon? No, no, I don't. If they were going to revolt over eight fifty a gallon, they would have already revolted when they were told to stay in their homes and barred from being able to go out. And they didn't. So, no, I don't see them even not even protesting basically all they're going to do is well i mean that's that's just what it is now so i'm not going to buy as much fuel i'm not going to they're not going to they're not going to do anything well it's and honestly it'll be just like what it was during the uh, uh d- during the uh, the gas shortage of the 70s that's what it'll be set the 70s and 80s it'll be long lines of gasoline you know for people lined up at stations and that'll be the end of it that's what it'll be we don't even see any kind of revolts or protesting when gas has reached $8 a gallon before. This isn't the first time it's reached $8 a gallon in some places. Honestly, they're not going <laughs> to... I don't even think... Okay, the government lied to us and said, you know, the president said the empty shelves, we're not actually seeing empty shelves, that the stores are actually 87% full, which is a load of BS. It's not. But anyway, that's... Unless you're considering it's a Walmart and you're looking at the entire inventory of the store then yeah, it's 87% full of other stuff. Whereas the stuff you want, food, is in short supply. But eh, whatever. People didn't revolt over the government lying about that. They didn't rise up against, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it, basically. It's, it's okay, Bruce, because there's a, there's a perfectly logical, reasonable explanation for all of this. And it's simply this. How do we get to the place where, you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade Russia? Nothing like this has happened since World War II. You see, how do you get to the point where where Putin just invades Russia? How do you get to that point? You know, that's what's caused all this is Putin invaded Russia and it was the Iranians that invaded Ukraine. Well, no, no, they're they're never going to give up their freedoms. The Iranians are they're never going to whatever. I don't remember what he said. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> that was actually like 
that was that was sad. Kamala Harris is horrible, but I think she would have done better delivering that speech than than Biden did. And that that's saying something. Uh, is, that's actually. saying something. It is. Jen Psaki on what the Biden administration is going to do about the high gas prices. Um, I want to read to you, if I could, Jen, some comments from people we've met at gas stations today. One woman saying, I just never imagined to see the cost of gas be this high. Another said, it's a huge stressor to my financial situation, a huge stressor. It's kind of like something I've stressed about, like during the day, will I be able to afford gas? How much money do I have? What is the White House, what is the president's message to Americans who are going to the gas station today and seeing prices so high? The president's message is that he is going to do everything we can everything he can to reduce the impact on the American people, including oh, uh, the price of gas at the tank. Good. What is also tank. true is that because of the actions of President Putin, because he invaded a sovereign country, that right. created instability yeah. in the markets. That is something the president talked about even before uh, Russia and President Putin moved forward with their actions. Uh, but we have already taken steps. The president has already taken steps. Historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, one that's uh -huh. done in a coordinated fashion. And oh. clearly, we will continue to have conversations with large oil producers and suppliers around the world uh -huh. about how to mitigate the impact and, and consider domestic options as well. Right, right. Okay. So let me get this straight. Uh, Putin invaded Ukraine. He invaded another sovereign nation. Again, not endorsing that, but we're still importing oil from Russia. We've sanctioned every other damn thing. We've sanctioned cats. We've sanctioned fictional people in video games. We've taken away Netflix. We've taken away uh, CNN. We've taken away Facebook and Twitter, which, quite frankly, I'm jealous. Russia has actually blocked TikTok. Again, why can't we do that? Why can't we do all that? Why can't we shut down Facebook and Twitter and CNN? I mean, they banned disinformation. And you notice all of those places closed up shop overnight. So it's Russia's fault that we have shortages, yet we're still importing Russian oil. We're going to work with other nations. But notice she didn't say who, because the Biden administration sent a delegation to Caracas to talk to Maduro in Venezuela to cut an oil deal with him. We're cutting oil deals with the Iranians. And then then the strategic reserve release, 72 hours worth wasn't even I, I don't even think it was a penny. That knocked off that price to the uh, statement we had earlier about um, if it ever reaches eight dollars a gallon, uh, people will revolt. Here is another thing that people should revolt over. The government is unwilling to make us uh, self-sufficient again. They're doing everything they can to avoid being self-sufficient. They're going to every other country to empower our enemies or people that have ideals that will destroy us. And yes, I'm referring to Venezuela with their socialist mantra well, and Iran. But I, I guess they're doing everything they can, as she said. I hope the American people are awake. I, I hope they're seeing through the political, the corporate jargon. She basically said there, go F yourself. That's basically what she said to the American people. They, 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 do, not, they do not care about us. All they care about is their agenda. And their agenda is the Great Reset at this point. They're, they're trying to destroy our economy. They're trying to destroy us on the world stage. It's sad to see the country, at least the romanticized version of the country you thought you lived in for uh, you know many years, and then come to find out that that country has been long dead. It really sucks seeing, seeing that. It really does. But that said, that's all the more reason to stand for those ideals and principles.
The thing is, is all you have to do is stand. Don't jump off the bridge with all the other crazy people. Just stand. Just stand on your principles. Stand on the basic ideas of America. You know, I don't know, the Bill of Rights, that's a good start. Just stand at that. And you, you will be labeled the crazy one. You'll be labeled the extremist. But you haven't moved. You're just standing still. That's basically what's going on here with us. We're not, you know, some crazy far right, whatever they say we are. We're just normal Americans. We haven't moved. You know, I think what you said right there is 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 so key. We haven't moved on anything. We're rock solid libertarian type conservatives. And that's that's the way it is. There are independent conservatives, whatever you want to call it. I'm not on a side. Bruce is not on a side. I'm not playing their game. I'm not I'm not a right wing guy. I'm not a left wing guy. I see all sides of things. I'm not pro Putin. I'm not uh, pro Zelensky. I, I, I don't care. Yes, it's terrible and it's tragic that people are dying, but we have to look at what got us here in the first place. I'm not a vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm, I'm pro do whatever in the hell you damn please. The only side that I'm on, the only side that we're on, the only side we've ever claimed to be on here is we're on the side of the truth, no matter how unpleasant that might be. I'm not a Trump guy. I'm not a Clinton guy. I'm not a Biden guy. I'm not a Bush guy. I'm an American. We the people guy. That's what I am. That's what we are. I want to get to the bottom of things. I want to find out what's going on. And I want to be able to make my informed decision on what we decide. I don't call that being on a side, do you? I call that pretty impartial. I don't know if it can get much more impartial than that. Well, uh, that principle is um, the, the basic principle of the founders. If you go back and read the, the Federalist Papers and all the writings that the, the founders had, they wouldn't even be elected in the Republican Party. That's how far everybody's moved left in all of this. Kennedy, who was a Democrat, <laughs> wouldn't be elected yeah. in the Republican Party today. No, no. Uh, so the, the founders, I, I've kind of joked about it. I think I've talked about it here or maybe off podcast and uh, here at, and, uh, in my circles. Jefferson was written a letter by a company that was having problems with piracy. Uh, pirates were attacking their ships and they were like, you know, I, I know the Second Amendment says, you know, the right to bear arms. And they were like, what, what does that entail? Like, can we can we have cannons for our ships? And Jefferson's response was like, why are you even asking me this question? Yes, of course you're allowed to have cannons. That, that's the kind of response he gave. And just those basic ideas of, you know, make your own decisions as long as you're not hurting anybody. Generally speaking, that's more or less the, the, the principles of uh, the, the, the Bill of Rights, the, the, the founders. Pretty much that was, that was the basic foundation of it. Of course, there was also... Um, a lot of Christianity that was thrown in there as well. I mean, if you look at all of our laws, they're all founded in, in the Bible. The idea of individual rights and the idea of self-governance and those kind of things comes from the Bible, but contrary to what some people would say. But all that said, again, I, I just encourage people, just stand on your principles. Don't waver in them. And you don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to be, you know, any of those kinds. Just stand on your principles. Just politely say, nah, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. How dare you want to self-govern? How dare you? How dare you want community? How dare you want cohesion, social cohesion? You anarchists, you, you, you're going you to self-govern eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you're going yeah. to self-govern anyway. So yeah, that's true. Speaking of social cohesion and uh, self-governance, well, let's just talk about what is in uh, what is in store here. Bruce, what did we say over the summer about China after the spring wiped out their harvest? What did we say? Um, they're going to be a problem. They're going to have some problems. And uh huh. Well. Just so happens, China has mandated a 
zero COVID policy, a zero COVID policy, yeah, kind of like what the Australians did. You know, this is this is perfect cover for them. This is exactly what they need. See, COVID is a is an amazing tool for authoritarians, isn't it? It gives them the ability to use it however they want. They can turn things on and turn things off and and put restrictions in here and and put restrictions in over there and and do little things here and there. Boy, it gives them all kinds of all kinds of facets of authority, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. Actually, and, uh, let me let me throw this in real quick. Actually, yeah, to, to your point about this, Benjamin Franklin was really clear on this one. It's basically the same idea of, of what, what, what you're describing there. Uh, you give up your freedoms and your liberties for security. You will get and deserve neither. And that's that's basically what's going on here. You want your security from COVID and you're giving up freedoms for it. You, you will never get them back and you don't deserve to have them. Couldn't agree more, sir. Shenzhen, which is, um, think of Shenzhen as, um, let's think of it as like uh, China's version of Silicon Valley. It's where they make all the stuff. You know, you like your smartphones, you like your your tablets, you like your uh, your GPS units, your flat screen TVs, all, all the all the cheap junk you like, all that stuff. Guess where it all comes from? It all comes from Shenzhen, China. Well, because of China's new zero COVID policy, which what what did we say again during the during the summer? We said China. Oh boy, they're gonna have a gonna have a problem because their harvest failed and and their people are gonna start starving. We did say that. We we did say it, right? I, I'm pretty sure we said it. Oh, I don't know, 150 thousand times. Residents in Shenzhen, which is a city with multiple districts, reporting outbreaks of COVID-19. Residents complained that they were surrounded by trash mountains and in desperate need of food due to the lockdown. Now, remember how this worked in, um, uh, I want to say it was, some, was it was it Xinjiang uh, City or something like that? Shenzhou City, I think. One of those, those cities, whatever it was. They locked down. It was like, I want to say it was like 11 million people. And you couldn't even leave like your, your, your office or your house or whatever. They were welding the door shut again. And the government was sending reassuring messages that food was on the way. When, in fact, no food was coming. And those that did receive two carrots, three potatoes, and a white radish, they were to publicly thank the government in front of news cameras uh, that they got those things. Uh, on the evening of February 28th, this is an account of someone who's uh, in China, uh, told the Epic Times, uh, which is a very, very amazing publication, to be honest with you. It's, um, it's a bunch of um, former Chinese uh, citizens that have since come to the U.S., uh, I believe, and uh, they are um, very anti-CCP. So it's a great publication if you're looking for uh, for something to read. On the evening of February 28th, a neighbor tried to jump off of the building from his apartment. Other neighbors told me that he has depression and hadn't eaten for two days. He lost all hope and tried to commit suicide. A resident of Shangshadong village in the city of Shenzhen told uh, the Epic Times on March 2nd, after we were locked down at home, we couldn't go out to buy food. I tried to order online, but it was very difficult to find food that could be delivered to us. I know a young woman who lives in my building. She has only rice and pickles at home. She tries to eat as little as possible and has eaten only one or two bowls of rice with pickles every day in the past days. We continually called the authorities for help, and we were told they don't have enough manpower to take care of the residents who are under lockdown. Finally, the regime sent us milk and apples this morning and some fast food and vegetables at noon. Shandong is a new resident in uh, is a new resident in Shenzhen who drives a taxi in the city. On February 22nd, Chen was locked down at his apartment in Shang uh, Shandong Village. Since then, he hasn't been able to work and can't earn any money. Well, I guess we need a universal basic income then. I guess that'll that'll solve it. The regime said, I'm quoting him. The regime said that the staff members would send food to our doors, 
but the majority of volunteers who bring the food don't dare to come here. They are afraid of being infected. In the first days, we could go downstairs to pick up the food from the building's front door. The lives of Chen and his neighbors became worse on February 26th when the regime suddenly wouldn't allow them to leave their apartments. They locked us in our building, didn't send us anything, and didn't remove the trash. Now the trash is everywhere and piled up like mountains. Nobody takes care of us. And many people shouted from their windows that they were hungry and needed food. On March 1st, Chen and his neighbors received the first batch of food, which Chen didn't think was sufficient for a family. We have no other solution. If a family hasn't stocked up food and there are children, they will die of hunger. We went upstairs and downstairs to check on our neighbors. We are helping each other out. And it continues on about how this uh, how this went on. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But Bruce, again, do we see first and foremost that their harvest did fail first and foremost, and we knew they were going to have a starving population. You've got COVID trying to be used as a cover. No reporting of this in Western press other than the Epic Times and Zero Hedge. No reporting of this. This should be front page news across the world, not being touched because it's China. All the sanctions we put on Russia should have been on China three years ago when all this happened. But we couldn't do that because it, quote, might hurt the world economy. I think they're doing a damn good job of that right now, aren't they? What but- happened to that rhetoric? Because they're, they're, they're accusing these sanctions right now of hurting the economy. So where's, where's their talk of, well, we can't do these sanctions because it'll hurt the economy? People are dying all the same as they were yeah. back then. Yeah, but, but here it is. This is happening in China, and we're getting into Q2, aren't we? Which we called Q2. Q2, China's looking at an economic collapse, full-on economic collapse, Q2 of this year. We're headed into Q2 now. They've got a starving population. Their harvest failed. They're using COVID as a cover. It's not working. But the other part is is do you see what's happening? And I, I'm telling this story for a reason. First, it's, it's, it needs to be told. Do you see what's in the future for us? That's the bigger takeaway here. Because don't you think for one single solitary second that these sick individuals that are running our countries aren't going to do exactly the same thing? They would, I, they would never do such a thing here in this, in this country or in the Western world, right? They would never do anything like that. I mean, they wouldn't shut down. Oh, COVID's coming back. Your ability to, yeah, it's coming back. They're, they're, they're going to. Honestly, I'm curious what, what, uh, new narrative they're going to give about the January 6th, uh, stuff because of the, the truckers going into DC. I'm curious what that's going to, uh, spark. I'm curious how they're going to try to crack down on people. And honestly, they're going to have to start cracking down on people like us that are speaking out and speaking about the truth. They they have to start cracking down on us because you can't have any other narratives out there. They're kind of they're 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 playing footsie a little bit with the idea, um, you know, with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, those they, they've shown that they can do it. And um, they're they learned. I think they've learned a little bit of a lesson. When it comes to things like uh, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story, they were able to silence it. It got more clicks. It, it did spread and propagate the Internet faster. But then how he many of an you? Yeah. Then he became an artist and he got paid and did some money laundering. How many of you now, though? When was the last time you talked about Hunter Biden's laptop? When was the last time you guys talked about that in your circles, you know, as, uh, as a listener? Does it matter anymore? Was you that your laptop? That? For real? I don't know. I- yeah, he, he doesn't know. He, he, so doesn't, he, do, know. he doesn't. Yeah. Know. Uh, does that matter that our administration, the current administration, was doing, you know, shady deals with uh, oligarchs and China? And I mean, it, does that does that matter to you anymore? Does uh, the fact that uh, Hunter and Joe Biden both 
shared an account where millions of dollars came in from the oligarchs in China and shell corporations. Does that matter at all? Or is that just, are, are we just, you know, green lighting it for all of our politicians? It's just the price we pay to have, you know, the democracy, right? Yes, of course. Of course. But see, now, Bruce, you, you need to keep the social fabric together. I mean, that's what we're talking about. You see, there's a zero COVID policy that the Chinese are doing. Once again, they're showing us Westerners, our, us dumb Westerners with our outdated democracies. They're showing us the way. That's what they're doing. Hell, even Bill Gates himself, he said, well, it was very simple to avoid this pandemic in the first place if everybody just did what Australia did, which was the zero COVID policy that killed thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Getting back to this again, this is this is coming. Lee Fai, who is it's a pseudonym, a regime clerk at Chateau Community in Shenzhen, told the Epic Times on March 2nd that the regime sealed off the residential buildings and compounds where new infections were reported using barbed wire. We don't allow any resident to escape from the sealed area. You hear this? Do, do you hear this? Again, I'm not I'm not and I hate that I have to justify this. I'm not saying that Russia and what they've done here is something good. But we're talking about removing Russia from the UN because of what Putin has done. And China holds seats on the UN human rights councils. And this is how they treat their residents, not their prisoners, not like the Uyghur Muslims that are being held and genocided. That's bad enough in and of itself. But residents, actual residents, you think they give a damn about their people? They don't. The Chinese people, some of the most decent, hardworking people in the world are being treated like this. And this is OK. We don't even get to talk about what they do in China to these poor people. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. The people that have done the deals with these killers, that is our target as we the people. That's our target. Lee said that about 60 to 70,000 people live at Shangsha Village in the community where all are locked in their homes. Like other cities, the Shenzhen authorities mandated that all residents in the city must have a COVID-19 test every three days. They just did the same thing in Hong Kong. On March 2nd, the regime announced that people aren't allowed to take the metro if they don't have a negative COVID-19 test within 48 hours. Inside residential compounds, speakers continually broadcast, your health code will turn yellow if you haven't been tested in the past 72 hours, and you can't go to work tomorrow if you don't take a test today. Well, that sounds like Sounds like a utopia, doesn't it? Yeah, that sounds like a sounds like a really nice place. Yeah, this this all sounds like it's about control. As we've said from the very beginning, this is all about control. But that's what this sounds like. It doesn't sound like they're trying to crack down on COVID. It sounds like they're cr trying to crack down on a civilian populace that is about to revolt. This sounds like more like martial law and social credit. This sounds well, like do as we say or you won't get your, you know, social benefits. Yes, yes, exactly. I heard somebody who's a who's an expert on China talk about this over the summer. Uh, and he, as a matter of fact, he was the first person that I heard speculate about Q2. Some of the investors that he knows behind the scenes says China's not going to make it because their harvest failed. They, they got 40% of their harvest. And they bought more grain from the US in the last three to six months than they have in the previous two to three years. That right there should tell you something. That should be a red flag in and of itself. And then on top of that, and you know all of that's going to get diverted to, to military shipments. All that's going to go there. All of it's going to the PLA, just like North Korea. Same thing. But if China has a starving population, if there's mass famine across China, then the citizens of China are going to rise up and they're going to hang the CCP. They're going to lose and they're going to lose badly. The CCP knows it. They know it. You've got 1.3 billion that we estimate Chinese citizens. You've only got 
100,000 or so that are inter-party members, inter-party members, I'm not talking about every card-carrying communist over there, I'm talking about inter-party members. As you get higher up that ladder of the hierarchy of the party, that number gets even smaller and smaller than that. It gets to be about a tenth of that. A resident surnamed Chen, who lives in Shikao community in Nanshan district in Shenzhen, said in a phone interview that she and the majority of Shenzhen residents work to earn money. The rule that people can't go to work without a test strangles us. It'll be horrible if a Shenzhen resident can't go to work. I would imagine so. The Chinese regime doesn't allow people to move without a cell phone app generated health code. Sound familiar? Remember, the World Health Organization and Deutsche Telekom are working together in a partnership to develop QR codes for vaccine passes on your smartphones for the world. Not for Germany, not for Italy, not for the Netherlands, not for France, not for the UK, not for Canada, for the world. They have no intention of stopping. Do you understand? They have no intention of stopping. A green code means the owner can pass the checkpoints for public transportation, entering a building, or even go back home. Oh, you have to have a green code to get back home. A yellow code means the owner has to stay at home. A red code means the owner must be quarantined at a quarantine center. The nucleic acid tests in China are linked to each resident's health code app. If the app hasn't received a required test result, the code will show yellow. The system forces the Chinese people to take the test. However, the mass testing is believed to be a breeding ground for COVID-19. Gee, I wonder how they got that. Huh. On February 22nd, the community clerks ordered us to take the nucleic acid test for COVID-19. We were crowded together and had to wait for over four hours. On March 3rd, the Shenzhen city regime announced at the daily press conference that new infections were reported in Fushan. Okay, well, anyway, uh, they they announced basically, I'm not going to go through all those, but they announced new infections and outbreaks in multiple areas, multiple districts, and basically the whole city has to be locked down. So again, if this is any indication, this is what is the next wave on the way here. Oh, you're not getting out of this. You're not getting out of this without standing up and protesting even harder. The Europeans are still hitting the streets every day. The Germans are still hitting the streets every day. The French are hitting the streets. The Italians, the Dutch. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. All right, we're getting low on time here. Um, I, I'm sorry, that, that story had to be told because that is coming. It's not Russia. It's not Ukraine. Again, that's tragic what's going on over there. And it, it's it's terrible that that's, that that's even being done. There's no need for that. It's disgusting what both sides are doing. I don't endorse any of it. None of it. I don't trust either side. But while we're paying attention to the left hand, we're not watching the right hand. And the right hand is everything they're trying to cover up. All the vaccine deaths, all the data that's coming out, the Pfizer dumps. Bruce and I looked at the Pfizer dumps over the weekend. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. That's real bad. I don't even know where to start with that one. We're going to try and go over it this week, but I don't even know where to begin with it. I actually, sp I wasn't going to tell this story, but Bruce, I talked to a guy, a friend of mine in Boston that I've I've been friends with for, for many, many years. Talked to him uh, yesterday. And he actually believes, I'm not joking, he's, he's double vaccine boosted, okay? And he actually believes, he believes this, he believes that the state of Florida lost half of its population to COVID-19. Um, sorry, I, w I was chuckling there. Yeah, um, I saw you were clicked off laughing, yes. I, I, I don't even, um, half their population, that means, um, let's see here, Florida. What, 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 is, what is the population? in florida 21 million Almost, yeah yeah it's, it's it's quite high so 21 million that means half the population that's 11 10 million. million 11 million yeah 11 well, million, almost yeah. almost yeah so, million, yeah yeah um I, i'm sorry um almost 11 million people that is 
uh, more people than and that's being re reported to have died of COVID in the world so far or uh, thereabouts. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I was okay. making this up. I wish I was making this up. And I was he and I are, he and I are mutual friends of GP. He asked me how GP was doing. And I said, oh, he's doing great. I said, yeah, he finally left L.A. after I told him after all those years to get the hell out of there. He said, oh, really? Where did he go? And I said, Florida. <laughs> and he said, really? I'll bet he hates it. And I said, actually, he he says that he didn't realize what freedom was until he got there. And he just kind of sat there for a second and he was puzzled. And he says, well, I guess that depends on what your definition of freedom is. <laughs> this, how do you how do you reach that? He's he's a nice guy. He and I've been friends for a long time. How do you reach that? He's right. He's right. It depends on your definition of freedom. If your definition of freedom is China, then, yeah, Florida isn't free. But if and your definition of freedom the, is classic America, the then, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly why I'm making the comparison. Is, is that right there? Yeah. So... I, I agree with him that it depends on your definition of what freedom is. And and yeah, uh, that that is I, I honestly don't know how to reach that. Honestly, I equate that to the same as a drug addict. You just have to let them hit rock bottom eventually and hope it doesn't kill them uh, and they come to their senses. Uh, that That's the only thing I know to do uh, for, for this situation. I mean, I'll continue talking to them and I'll continue being civil with them oh, and showing the facts and data. Of course. But yeah. I, I, it's, it's cult level thinking. Uh, same thing with the cult. You have to let the person get burned by the cult before they realize this is a cult and then they get out of it. And unfortunately, um, <laughs> it's all the same. That's the only thing I know to do is just to let them get burned. The problem is, is you're, you're, we're talking a vaccine that the number of side effects that are associated with just the tests uh, of the vaccine. Not to mention the other the other um, immunodeficiencies that we're seeing now uh, with the longer studies. And I mean, I, I, I know I said, I, you know, they have to hit rock bottom, but this is one that could have lifelong side effects. And rock bottom doesn't look good for those that go in and continue getting the jab or went in and got the jab and then the booster and were unwilling to listen to reason. I, I guess the moral of the story is stay out of Florida, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Half the population is dead from COVID. I, I literally yeah. could not believe. And it wasn't me volunteering that information at all. That was just what came back. I'm just, I was astonished. I, I, I do actually have a question on, on, the, on, on these lines. And this is, this is kind of one to leave hanging. So you know how a lot of cities and a lot of, a lot of locations, a lot of businesses, a lot, they have their help wanted signs out, right? They're, they're wanting to hire people. There's a lot of businesses looking to hire people. People aren't getting checks in the mail anymore. You're not getting COVID relief. You're not getting unemployment. Where are those people? Why aren't those jobs filling up? People can't survive on their own without a job because rent's due. You got to eat and you're not getting anything for free. So why aren't those jobs filling back up again? Why aren't we seeing better numbers in the job market, if you will? All like... <laughs> We haven't even uh, had a net growth yet or a net increase. We're still recovering the jobs lost during COVID. Where are all those people in those jobs? Just throwing that out there. And I guess that's a good place as any to lead off the week with a... Uh with a question that we'll just leave hanging. For those of you who would like to uh, drop us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're hearing? Well, we're happy to have you as a listener. If you want to wake up somebody else, you want to try and reach them, then do us a favor. Tell five friends about us. That's all you have to do. Nothing more. Just tell five friends about us because word of mouth helps us grow. And we really need your help in order to do that. I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening. 